Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your hosts, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week, we look at the origin and nature of the Bible for the Sabbath School lesson from April 4 to 10. Let's look as we see how God spoke through holy men and women of old as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word. Together, we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, the origin and nature of the Bible. What an exciting topic this quarter, and the memory text just hits it off with a home run right here. Uh, For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you receive the Word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as is, as it is in truth, in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. Well, what an exciting time that we have to be able to go into the Bible itself. And the word of God is both relevant, but looking at where it began, how, how it got started. And this is what this week's lesson is all about. You know, and I I love that aspect, and I'm glad that you brought that up, because a lot of people question the beginning of it, question how it was written. Even today, uh, we we can go over this till we're blue in the face, and people will still have questions. My thing is, go back to the Word itself for the answers, which is why I'm so excited about this lesson, this study. It is, and and, uh, our listeners should know we're trying to keep our six feet social distancing, physical distancing from each other, but uh, in the midst of a pandemic, I think it raises a lot more of those kinds of existential uh, questions, you know, uh, the relevance of the Bible for today, and can we trust the Bible? And when we understand how the Bible came about, it helps us to be able to better understand and to trust the God's Word has something very important for us today. You know, speaking of that, uh, it's Sunday's lesson, the divine revelation of the Bible. And uh, Michael, you said you're going to read for a second Peter chapter one, verses 19 through 21, which talks about how this revelation came about. It does. And by the way, this is one of the probably the premier texts in all of Scripture to self-define where Scripture comes from, uh, beginning with verse 19. And I'm reading in the New King James Version. It says, And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Boom, right there, right? <laughs> Just powerful. It is. Uh, it asks this question here, how does Peter express his conviction about the origin in, of the biblical prophetic message? Well, I'm so glad you, the quarterly asked that question because really it's getting at the heart and nature of Scripture. You see, the Bible is not just an ordinary book. Uh, and the reason is, is because of the claims that it makes. It claims to be the Word of God. And it explains here in this text how that, how that uh, claim came about into fruition. You know, uh, I love that it, it asks about his conviction mm-hmm. uh, because he, he's saying, I'm a writer, of the, I'm, I'm a participant in the writing of the Word of God. I know how the Holy Spirit moved me to write. So it's not just something that I've heard about. It's not something that it's something that he actually experienced. 
And he's saying, look, look at how it's written. Yeah. Uh, In theology class, I I like to point out to my students that there's kind of a difference between... Revelation and inspiration. Revelation is how it is sort of this vertical process from God, and that's where God condescends to speak through uh, human beings, the prophets, to be able to give them, uh, inspire through them the message that he has for them, a message of salvation, of redemption, or sometimes of rebuke. And then inspiration is how the prophet then chooses to convey that message. Now, what we have is the written word, but we know that prophets at times uh, you know, at various occasions that they had messages still inspired by God uh, and that God was still able to use them. And what we have is the collective written word that has been preserved over the ages, over the centuries of those prophets, that written word that has been uh, preserved. And that written word for us is what we call the Bible or Scripture. You know, I, I love how the Hazels put it here. Direct verbal communication between God and, and particular human beings is an inescapable fact of the scriptures. So it shows here that God is communicating with them so they can communicate with us. But exactly. God is in charge of this entire process. It's a trustworthy process. Uh, and that's the other verse that's mentioned right before this passage uh, in verse 16. It talks about cunningly devised fables. In other words, we can depend upon the word of God. This is not something that we're being tricked into doing, that this is actually <laughs> uh, something reliable, dependable. There's a, an authoritative message for us. Ah, so, so beautiful because in order for us to understand the Bible, we need to understand how it came about, right? Exactly. Uh, which also leads us to the process of inspiration. Mm-hmm. And I love that definition you gave us earlier of, of inspiration. And it has these texts. It, it asks us to go back over Second Peter one twenty one. Mm-hmm. We just read that. But it also asks us to read Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. And and Michael, you're going to go ahead and read that. And I'm going to read Deuteronomy eighteen eighteen right after that. Okay, well, this time I'm reading from a a different Bible translation, the Common English Bible, another one of my favorite translations I like to use. And this is, uh, along with 2 Peter, uh, in this text in 2 Timothy, like the two most seminal passages in all of Scripture that help us to understand. So it's it's actually crucial here. Uh, Verses um, 16 and 17, it says, Every Scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for showing mistakes, for correcting, and for training character, so that the person who belongs to God can be equipped to do everything that is good. Ah, you know, all scripture, not some, not partly, all, right? Exactly. Uh, it, it's beautiful once again there. Mm-hmm. Deuteronomy 18.18 uh, speaks a little bit more. It says, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among the brethren. And will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. You know, so once again, God is raising up a prophet, and he is putting his words in his mouth, right? So he's using him, saying, relay this message to my people. Yeah. Now, some people have the question, say, well, how can I know that the whole Bible is inspired? Is maybe bits and pieces? Can I just kind of choose, pick and choose, you know? Uh, But it's not like that. It's kind of like, and this is how I like to explain it uh, to my students, that it's kind of like a a woman who's pregnant. When my my wife was pregnant with our kids, you know, I didn't say, are you half pregnant or how how, how far, you know, um, either you're pregnant or you're not. And, And either God has inspired through his servants, the prophets, or he hasn't. If he has, then there is a reliable message. Obviously, they were 
fallible, frailable human beings that use the best of their ability to communicate that message. But uh, we see in the written word of the Bible that, and, and we even see where there are different accounts of battles that maybe there's different numbers, and we know that there's copyists that over time, but you can add up all of those mistakes, and they're really insignificant because they don't detract from the overall message of salvation. That is what is crystal clear. For example, those battles with different numbers uh, what's really important is that God helped them win the battle. And that's yes. kind of the point that Scripture is trying to make. If they trust God, God's people trust God, that he will win the victory for them. And so that message is just loud and clear. It screams at us throughout the pages of Scripture. It says, I love you. I have a, a rescue plan for you. You know, and I think it's important that you bring that up because there are portions of scriptures even now I have I have problems with, which is I don't understand it. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that I discredit the Bible, I don't believe in it. It means that I have questions and I can search and I can find those and I can confer with friends like yourself yeah. and we can find those answers and the beautiful thing is that God oftentimes reveals those answers. He when does. We search diligently. I know several friends of mine that refuse to go to the book of Revelation, but when you get to the heart of that, mm-hmm. you'll realize the answer is the lamb's coming back for his children. Yeah. Uh, and so keep reading, keep struggling, keep fighting, but don't discredit what the word of God says. Absolutely. I mean, that's why we keep digging. And, you know, even though we're both you know religion teachers and pastors, but I can say this, that every day, every week, as I continue studying the word of God, I'm learning new things. I'm discovering new things that, hey, I, I didn't get that before. How did I miss that? Yeah. But yet the, the word of God has such richness and depth that through the Holy Spirit, as we keep studying, studying and and uh, you know it's it's that lamp that continues to light our path continues to illuminate our lives absolutely and it, it's it's beautiful it's great uh, Tuesday's lesson the written word of God uh, it talks about here it says then Moses uh, then the Lord said to Moses write these words for according to the tenor of these words I have made a covenant with you with Israel and it asks this question why would the Lord have Moses write down these words as opposed to having Moses recite them to the people only? And what is the obvious advantage of the written word? Well, you know, that's a, that's a great question. And I think part of it is uh, there's a permanency when you write something down, right? So, uh, and I look in our family records and stuff like that, um, as a historian, you know, it's not too difficult to go back 150 years, and a lot of people didn't exactly know when they were born, not until we started developing a actual system for recording births and deaths. Uh, do we actually start having more accuracy, more reliability? Mm. And I think that's really the heart of what this is. This question is getting at is that um, when we have something that's written down, there's a more of a permanency uh, of the message that is being communicated. It, it, and I'm glad you said that. Uh, the other day, my son asked my wife and I, how did you guys meet? And I, I recounted to him a story and everything else. My wife goes back to the room and she brings out this journal. And she has this journal of the time we met, and she ta- recounts wow. the days. She speaks about it, and those words has so much more power yeah. than just my recounting of thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so, God, you know, think about it. Right now, we're looking at the Word of God thousands of years later, but yeah. 
the power is still there because it's written down because Moses listened to the Lord. Yeah. You know, I was even thinking of right now going through this pandemic uh, that there's one of these uh, historical groups and they were urging people write down your experiences now going through the COVID-19 pandemic. So that way in the future, there'll be people that will want to study and research. What was it like? Just like we are now going back to 1918, the yes. last major influenza pandemic kind of thing and looking at those historical records we're able to learn some things about how people responded how they treated one another so keeping records has meaning because as we look at the past we can see that there's uh, continuing relevancy for now the, for the present you know I, I love that because we are a part of history, right? We are. We're at the beginning stages of it for the future, but we continue to write things down, continue to, to understand. Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, one thing that's written down here, though, is uh, it says, what do the following texts teach about written revelation? And I, I just wrote down a couple of key, key things here, Exodus 17, 14, and 24, 4. It's once again God telling uh, Moses, write, write, down, uh, write these words down. Uh, Joshua is telling him, uh, it says that after he spoke, they wrote down uh, everything that's in the uh, for the book of the law of God. Uh, Jeremiah 30, verse 2 as well, write down all that I, have, that I have spoken. We see this continual thing as we just rehash it out. I don't want any room for rehearsing or, or rehearsing or rehashing. I want it to be my actual word. And we get there to the book of Revelation. Uh, and what's beautiful here is that it says, write uh, write what you have seen. Write what you uh, what uh, what is and what will come after. Uh, write once again, just continually for for writing down for your understanding, uh, so you can understand l later. Beautiful. Well, God wants to communicate with us, and kind of the next segue is to move into now Wednesday's lesson about not only do we have the written word, but we have the person of Jesus Christ, the Word made manifest in flesh. Amen. You know, and it brought up some of these, and some of these texts are my favorite. John 1, 14. Mm -hmm. Yes, and the Word uh, came, became flesh, and the Word was full of grace and truth. I mm. love that. Yeah. It's what our church should be full of, but oftentimes we choose one or the other. We either choose grace or we choose truth. Jesus had both. Same time, right? It's beautiful. Yeah, and I, I also like that because as we're looking at Scripture, Scripture always points to Jesus Christ. And Perhaps this is the best way to explain the process of revelation and inspiration, which is really what this whole lesson is kind of getting at, uh, how God communicates the message of salvation, how we have scripture, uh, how it's been preserved and written down. Uh, but all of that points, it has a focal point upon which it's pointing to, and that is Jesus Christ. And he was incarnated, made flesh. And that process of incarnation, it's a mystery. But it's so incredible, so relevant how Jesus, uh, very God, became also very much fully human as well. And so that mysterious incarnation, how that is able to happen, I mean, you know, that's why we're reminded to take our shoes off. We're on holy ground because yes. it's it's so incredible. And, and that same process of incarnation, how God communicates in a little bit different way, but it, it's that process of translation uh, incarnation, God, very God in heaven, becoming human, uh, communicating the story of redemption. But most of all, when Jesus comes to this earth, he is the, what the scriptures are all about and pointing to. So he is the embodiment of, of, of all of scripture, really. You know, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was just say he is the embodiment of scripture because yeah. he is. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it asks this question, it says, um, 
and do uh, in between Jesus and the Word of God made flesh in Scripture, the written Word of God, it asks us, "What parallels do you see between these?" And it, simply, the character is the same. Yeah, he he is the fulfillment of Scripture. He is he is the embodiment of it. You would expect that, right? I mean, yeah. there's got to be a consistency here between the two. Yeah. You see grace and truth in his words and his teaching. Uh, you can sometimes see, uh, you know, almost see uh, Jesus when he's saying that he has compassion on crowds. And mm. that's what the word of God is asking us to do, is asking us to, to live out a life that is like that of Christ. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Well, I guess kind of moving on to, yeah, shall yeah. we, to the Thursday's lesson, Understanding the Bible in Faith. You know, as this lesson's pointing out, it, it turns to the passage in Hebrews 11, but why is faith so essential in understanding God in his word? And I think, you know, at the heart of this is, an, is, is a principle here that spiritual things are spiritually discerned. Yes. In other words, the Bible isn't just a history book with lots of dates and facts and names. It's a storyline, history. It's the story of God interacting with human beings. And it's not talking about, it's not focused on powerful kings and riches on this earth, the things that we would tend to want to focus on in our narratives. It's talking about God's rescue plan for humanity. So what's important is uh, having that spiritual discernment to have the eyes through the Holy Spirit to be able to discern God speaking to each and every one of our hearts. You, you know, uh, it's so incredible that you just shared that because one of the key things that a lot of people have a hard time understanding or believing now is creation. Mm-hmm. And Hebrews eleven three and verse 6 yeah. hits on that just a little bit. Just listen to this. Think about it in the, uh, the framework of creation. Yeah. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which are, which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. Right? So that takes faith right there, but then it goes a little bit deeper. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. I love some versions that say that he is real. Uh, for you Greek nerds out there, Amy, she shows up again there, right? And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, who pursue him. Mm-hmm. So we have to understand, God, I don't, once again, I don't understand everything, but I believe everything that you say. You know, God God has written it, again, like you said, uh, may not mean that we understand every detail, but again, it, the record of Scripture is trustworthy. Uh, how did all the creation take place? That is miraculous in and of itself. Um, and there's a lot of debates over all the nuances related to that. But one thing is sure is that God is the one who created. And we have that promise. And that actually in of itself gives value to us as human beings because we have value, not because, you know, we are, you know, have evolved or anything like that. But we have value because God invested personally, tangibly to create human beings. And so there is uh, that value that is, is, is there as a result. Oh, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, once again, I, you know, I keep saying that word beautiful. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I get excited about the word of God. I can't help it. <laughs> That's what it's all about is and the it, word is a living word. It speaks to our hearts, right? Yeah, and it, it all comes together. And God, I pray that God is speaking to you at home right now. Yes. Uh, I pray that you're not just hearing this lesson and you're saying, oh, that was a, that was a good podcast. Uh, I'm praying that you actually take out the word of God and start actually applying it to your life, studying it for yourselves. Read it. Yes. Yeah. And if you haven't read the Bible recently or maybe you haven't read it before, uh, why don't you start in a place like in the Gospels with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John with the life of Jesus. What a, what a great place to start. And just 
you know, it doesn't. It's not so much the quantity, but but just having that time with God, where you can be real with God and say, "Hey, hey, God, help me understand this," and just open up the the scriptures and take a little passage and just uh, spend some time reflecting on it, reading it. How does this apply to my life? And and ask God to convict your heart and let the Word of God speak to you. Oh, you know, I don't I don't think of a a better way that we can end off than that. And so I believe that this is swoops and soup. Signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.